She's Tori. And he's Nick. And this is I Want to Rewatch. An X-Files podcast. Season 2. Terminus. Part 2. Hello, and welcome back to our Season 2 wrap-up, where we're discussing X-Files Season 2. If you didn't listen to the first part, you can go back to last week's episode, where we started talking about Season 2, and we got through Episodes 1 through 14. So if you didn't listen to that, go back, listen to our first part of our discussion. Now we're going to discuss the rest of the episodes, and then Season 2 overall. And starting part two out fresh, we're going to start with Fresh Bones. Fresh Bones. I'm still... Episode 15. I'm still so surprised by this episode. It really did catch me off guard. Like, I was so angry, and then I loved it so much. Like, I was getting (laughs) mad at it, and then the X-Files pulled that rug out from under me. And I'm just really impressed. So, I still really love it. Remind me, why were you getting so mad at it? Well, because it was. it's about all these refugees who are in a refugee camp, and like... It seems like they're using voodoo to kill these guards, soldiers, people who are assigned to, like, keep them in the refugee camp. And it just, you know, it's a little racist. Was it kind of like the misappropriation kind of thing? Yeah, that. And then also, like, again, like Mulder and Scully are being targeted. And it doesn't make a lot of sense because these refugees shouldn't have a lot against them. And it just was weird. And then you find out that the reason why it's happening is because some white dude has appropriated voodoo and is like using their magic to kill guards who are going to report on him because he is sanctioning abuse basically of these people and murder of some of them who are not cooperating and possibly incited a riot himself or pretended to incite a riot. I don't even know exactly what happened with the riot, but yeah, so it was good. It was a good twist. I really liked it. I thought it was well done. I was not able to find any information on the cat. I did look, (laughs) I tried to figure out if I could find anything about the cat. I couldn't find a single thing. So I don't know who played that cat. It was Andy circus. Yeah. So anyway, unfortunately could not find information on the cat but that otherwise cat was yeah. the runaway star of that episode oh my gosh that cat was so cute and fluffy and great and just adorable yeah it was so i only have two things and both of them are like one is like the kid adds nothing and the other one is like x adds nothing so <laughs> to expand on those is that like with the exception of providing like the deuces machina to save scully later like he mm-hmm. doesn't really do anything in the episode he just like he's where they get the bag from, right? The mojo yes. bag. And like mm-hmm. the man who accosted her could have been the one to provide that, like forcing it into her hands. And then like another refugee could tell her what it is and why he gave it to her. And then the soldiers swoop in, maybe kind of roughly. And then maybe Bouvet mentions it to Scully when she arrived. Like, you know, she's here because, and then he could also mention the bag. And so then Mulder thinks it's important enough to put on the mirror. So like, we don't need the kid. We don't, but it's cool. And I, I do like that moment where you realize he's the kid who was killed in the riot, which... Like in the... Oh, you mean at the very beginning when he first shows up? No, I mean at the end when it was like... Oh, oh I thought you meant when you realize it. because He's a you realize good... Okay, well, we know that I am facing... And that, <laughs> that really did give me goosebumps. I loved that. So I, I think it's good that he's okay. there. I agree. X doesn't really add anything. But again, I'm not no. going to be sad to see Stephen Williams' face. So No, whatever. and that's why... It's, but I, it's kind of... Yeah, again, it's kind of like you don't want to take away from X. But again, he doesn't do anything. So he yeah. could be... You know, give him some more time in another episode or something. So he doesn't yeah. do anything in this one. <laughs> 
So, yeah. So both of them were like, take the kid out, take X out. Otherwise, yeah, you're good. So, all right. Then we've got the two-parter. I lumped these together because they are a story, right? Mm -hmm. So episode 16 and 17, Colony and Endgame. And I have like a full page of notes on these. I have very little because like, (laughs) I think we already kind of hashed this out already. So I didn't really have anything else to say. I will say I do still think it's a dick move for them to use Sam against Mulder to get his help. I get why they did that, but I also think like if someone tried to use my brother in that way, I would probably try to punch them in the face. So I don't think that's a great thing to do. I do like having watched Anasazi and all these things coming back to me and remembering what Bill Mulder has done. I do like the way he reacts to Samantha in this episode. I think it works really well. And so I do appreciate that a lot. And that is pretty much all I have to say because I think we pretty much talked about these ad nauseum and other than maybe connecting the alien assassin with the crew cut man, I'm not sure I would do much to change them. Yeah. Most of mine, most of my stuff is all rewriting stuff. So adding some little details. Okay. Yeah, he is. I mean, we, we kind of mentioned that in the episode, but Bill Mulder is very nonplussed about the return of his daughter. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's maybe because he and, knows what's going on. And Anasazi so. reminded me why. And I was like, oh, right. Yeah. yeah, he's a bastard. Okay. Or maybe he doesn't know what's really happening. But I don't he think he knows, knows what's happening. But he, I think he knows enough to know that that's probably not really her. And is yeah. aware of that. So, yeah. 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 Which would explain where he's like, you're S- Samantha. Like, he doesn't want to say that that's his sister. Right. That's just Samantha. He calls that person by the name but does not connect it as his daughter Mulder's mm-hmm. sister so yeah yeah i almost called it a thing it's not really a thing I mean, it's no thing. i mean she's a, it's a person living, it's a living she's creature a clone yeah. of some yeah. kind possibly totally alien possibly not we don't yeah. know we don't want to get too philosophical so but yeah look if the fluke man can stand trial then samantha can be a person <laughs> Someone please do that. And if you didn't listen to the last episode, please listen and then make some fan art because I. Need oh, it. I came up with a Fluke Man T-shirt yesterday that I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to put it on the shop or if I'm going to hold it because uh, we got our Patreon stuff coming up pretty soon. Oh, and yeah. one of our tiers is the T-shirt of the month club, and one of the things the T-shirt of the month club is that. There are some Patreon only T-shirt designs that will be part of the T-shirt of the month club, and so I might I might hold that one. I'm not sure. I haven't decided oh, man. yet. I'm going to have to I mean, sign up for that. Well, I mean, <laughs> you don't have to sign up for your one of the hosts. You can get a T-shirt. It's fine. <laughs> I like to I like to support things. <laughs> it would actually cost us money because Patreon is going to take a cut of your money and then give it back to you. <laughs> So <laughs> okay, maybe I'll just buy the shirts. Anyway, it's fine. I'm excited. Anyway, yeah. So all right. So calling it endgame. Nick's rewrite. So we get lots of Erlenmeyer flash retconning that is needed to fit the mythology, but that's nothing new, right? We'll probably have to retcon this episode later, like next season. But you know, <laughs> who, who can say? So I would switch the endgame submarine scene to take the place of the UFO scene in Colony. So in the beginning, right, where we get like the sub. In the beginning of Endgame, we get that scene. Make it take the place of the UFO scene in Colony. Because we kind of get like a repeat of the two things, right? The assassin isn't just arriving like we see in Colony when he shows, you know, he 
crashes and they're like, go find it. His ship has already been there. So it's discovered by the sub. So basically that scene takes place in colony. The first colony scene then would be the Mulder rescue teaser. I'm, I, I'm going to keep that just because like, if you ditch Mulder being like almost dying in the beginning, then the end of end game really doesn't have any kind of dramatic flair at all because it would just be going on. Right. So the first scene ends up being Dr. Prince being killed. Like we don't need the news footage. You just have like Prince walking down the hallway and being accosted and then maybe add like some protesty stuff because he's at an abortion clinic, right? So he kind of throws things off, gives you some red herrings, right? So we just get like his murder scenes actually the teaser instead of the okay. UFO scene in the beginning. I still want the first and only morphing scene. So I, w- I want to get rid of all the alien morphing stuff. And I want the only one to be Sam turning into the assassin and beating <laughs> the crap out of Mulder. Right. I mentioned that in the episode. Like that would have been an awesome scene. I think we used it in one of our promos. Like that would be a sweet scene where he's like, you know, what what was what's the line she says? Like, you can't tell, but I can. Yeah. And then he's like, and then beats the crap out of Mulder. And that could take the place of the fight scene at the end of Colony. Right. And it could be the cliffhanger for Colony. And then we get the morph, and then Mulder's thrown across the room. And then the assassin closes in and we fade the black and it's like to be continued. And so that would be the end of colony. Right. So then it would also make Scully not have to be the victim again. Right. We would have to rewrite the whole like uh, hostage thing because now Mulder would be the hostage and Scully would be trading Sam for Mulder instead mm-hmm. of Mulder trading Sam for Scully. And so the whole fallout with Mulder and his dad would be a little weird, but we could work we could work that out, right? Yeah. Not a problem. It's still doable. And then Scully could still only learn that Sam is his sister after she's gone, right? So she doesn't know who this woman is, but she's going to trade her from older, right? She, they got the plan where, you know, obviously she's not really going to get traded, right? Because they're going to take the guy out, that kind of thing. So, because basically she would tell Scully all the stuff she told Mulder about. We need to shoot him in the head. And so she would get, so it, basically everything would play out as we'd have the roles reversed. So Mulder is the hostage and Scully is the one who, you know, and then it would also mirror the exchange at the end of Early Meyer Flask, where Scully is trading something for Mulder. So yeah, it kind of works out that way. And then also, it turns out that the sniper intentionally missed because he's part of the conspiracy. Ooh. Because we talk about how he could hollow a dime, right? But then he manages to miss the shot. That seems weird. Turns out he missed it on purpose because he's not wanting to kill the dude because he's in on it so and then of course we talked about the crew cut man the alien assassin are the same dude so we get like some extra like oh my god because we saw the dude get shot in red museum and then now he's back whether it's the same dude or it's clones we can figure that out later and then i think it's not too spoiler to mention the dude is going to come back at some point so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, or maybe just spoiler but he's going to come back although i think when he comes back he doesn't have the same like reaction like when you shoot him that like causes like a dead really viral thing it would be closer to what happened in Ernle Meyer Flask where it just like burns your eyes and stuff it doesn't like give you because Mulder had that issue in Ernle Meyer Flask you got you know his eyes got burned and that kind of stuff from the blood but he didn't like get some strange virus that was going to kill him so and that viral infection isn't even necessary because he could have just killed Weiss and then Mulder could be in danger just from hypothermia and frostbite but then Scully doesn't get to bust out and tell everyone that's wrong and take over but we could figure something out to make Scully be bossy. I'm sure she could handle it. And then in the episode, I have another Mia culpa. I was wrong because I said that Colony is the first time we get the story by and then the teleplay by credits. And we had that in host. Oh, right. Darren Morgan did the story, but then Morgan and Wong did the teleplay 
So, yeah. And we actually talked about that at length in host and my memory is garbage. So I just forgot. <laughs> yeah. So. so the only hiccup in your rewrite that I think would cause, it might be interesting, but I think would be kind of a problem is just that if Scully is the one who trades away Samantha, even if that wasn't the actual plan, that's going to cause some friction between her and Mulder because obviously like Mulder doing it is making an, an active choice, right? Like he's doing something that mm-hmm. is hard. Scully doing it without, whether she knows or not, is making that choice for him about his sister, which I think would cause problems. But it could make some of Mulder's paranoia and Anasazi make more sense. So it could yeah. work. And then also it would, I mean, it wouldn't, it doesn't take the intent away, but then it would get, wa- it, would, it would be even a bigger wash away because when he finds out that she's a clone and like there's all the copies of her at the at the end right mm-hmm. then he's even more upset because he was like super mad at scully and then it turns out he was mad at her for no reason because right, it was all it a fraud wasn't his sister anyway yeah and so yeah. we could get another cute scene between them oh, where he like apologizes i mean being... there is some good fanfic angst waiting to happen <laughs> in that scenario really either scenario but yeah, yeah. that would definitely work out but again it it takes scully's not the victim right and then again just the fact that it mirrors erlenmeyer flask i think is Mm -hmm. good because then we also because and again it's the same dude right especially with the fact that it's the same dude it really mirrors that because then scully is trading for Mulder, and it just it just (laughs) you're welcome so anyway yeah so fearful symmetry episode 18 yeah so this is the only one that i so i part of the reason i think we're combining the rewrite and the terminus is that i couldn't really i had a really hard time trying to rewrite any of this stuff um (laughs) i did like i i mean i thought about trying to do excel sustay or dot com and like i just couldn't come up with a good way to redo those like I feel like they probably are better off being scrapped and just having a different episode in its place, really. <laughs> but Fearful Symmetry is the one that I just tried to redo, like the cold open, really, just to, oh, okay. and then maybe like streamline some stuff in the episode because Fearful Symmetry. I was talking to my friend. We went to the zoo, <laughs> which was very fun, and we were talking about Fearful Symmetry and how like it's just a bummer. Like it's the whole episode just sucks. So <laughs> anyway. This is what I would do with Fearful Symmetry. I would have construction workers out on the road and they see this strange light in the sky. And like one of them shouts and is pointing to it and the rest of the men stop working and they kind of gather around and they watch this light zip around the sky. And then it seems to get closer as UFOs kind of do. And then the light gets impossibly bright and does that like white washout thing. And when the light fades, they hear an elephant and they're like confused And it stampedes towards them. And so, like, they flee out of the way, but one of them gets killed. And so, is the elephant invisible? No, you can see the elephant. Oh, okay. So, there is no, there are no invisible animals in this version, right? I Um, mean, what I was thinking, not to like step on your rewrite here, but they could think it was invisible because this would give a good explanation for the light blindness that Scully tries yeah. to use with their work lights because the bright UFO light. And so they maybe didn't see the elephant, but heard it. And then obviously had the effects of it, but they like say like, I couldn't even see anything, but then it turns out because it's the bright light, but it's not invisible. So, I mean, we could work that in if we wanted to, but then it turned out it's not really invisible. So. 
Right. Yeah. But so in this version, it's not. It's totally visible. You can okay. see it. Which makes more sense, honestly. Right. So, yeah. And then there's the theme song. And then we see Mulder at the X-Files office and he's got a slide projector and he's showing Scully a slide of the scene where the construction worker died. And then down like the next slide is down the road and we see the elephant has unfortunately died. And he tells her, like, the construction workers reported a UFO sighting before the elephant appeared. And of course, Scully's like, are you saying aliens dropped an elephant in the middle of the road? And Mulder changes the slide and we see the elephant in the enclosure. And he's like, this is Ganesha. She vanished from the Fairfield Zoo three days ago, only to reappear after a UFO sighting. The zoo is 30 miles from where the worker was killed. And so Scully like looks at the report and she says that the zoo has been targeted by animal rights activists who released some lemurs six months ago or something. And they were found, you know, however many miles away. And Mulder tells her that local authorities think this was another one of their stunts and they're investigating the group. And like, obviously Mulder doesn't agree. And he's like, what are the odds that an elephant would reappear at the time of a UFO sighting? And she's like... Mulder, the UFO these men saw, it could have been anything. It might not be related. And then Mulder flips to the next side and it like shows a leopard. And he says, this is Spot. He's a leopard who vanished from the San Diego Zoo three years ago without a trace. (laughs) No one ever figured out what happened to him. And then six months ago, he reappeared 20 miles from the Fairfield Zoo. And witnesses reported a similar light in the parking lot. So basically, the the premise now is that like zoo animals have been abducted and vanished. And then suddenly they're all reappearing near this one zoo in like Idaho or whatever. So they travel to the Fairfield Zoo and you can kind of keep the stuff with Ambrose and her gorilla. But instead of the zoo being a depressing nightmare, we can just have the activists talk about how it's like a depressing nightmare. But then we see that it's actually been improved and Ambrose says that she's worked to fix things and the activists can be like well even a gilded cage is a cage or whatever and like the episode can play out sort of similarly it doesn't have to have the pregnancy thing and it doesn't have to have the invisibility thing like just sudden like these animals are reappearing in this one central location near ellen's air force base and the ufo sightings seem to correlate with it and so like i don't know how it would end but basically that would be my version of fearful symmetry where it's like maybe not all the animals die. And also like, it's more about animals being correlated to UFO sightings rather than like randomly appearing invisible <laughs> and, uh, you know, attacking people in a way that doesn't make any sense. So two questions for you, two sure. very important questions for you. One is since Mulder has all this information, how are we getting the lone gunman into this episode? Oh, they'll come in with some facts about like, recent zoo like cover-ups where they were trying to cover up missing animals or something and they'll have like reports of like animals that have gone missing and correlating to like ufo sightings or something or maybe they'll have some information about the air force base and how it's related okay because we can't lose oh no that is the only good scene episode so yeah Yeah. we'll find a way to shoehorn that in okay (laughs) and then the second one is if we get rid of the pregnancy thing then we lose scully inside an elephant carcass <laughs> looking yeah i don't ovaries. know if we need that so, but i mean we can keep okay. it if you really want it's fine i was just mostly yeah, i'm just trying to avoid the like invisible stuff and like just make it more clear this is directly connected to ufos and the animals don't need to be invisible because that doesn't make any sense are all the animals still gonna die no no most okay. of them will live just the elephant unfortunately 
but like the snow leopard will be fine you know they'll all be found and like they're just being found and like it's all centering around ellen's air force base which is why like they think something's going on there with the ufo all right much less of a bummer and the zoo will be way less depressing i like your teaser that's very good (laughs) yes i like it a lot so anyway all right my notes were just like uh, we could just not have this episode yeah no i mean we don't need it really but yeah. it was the only one i could even think of an improvement for okay this was the, the I, this is the only one i think that i really i mean i kind of said that irresistible doesn't need to exist either i kind of rewrote excelsis day i didn't really write rewrite any irresistible stuff so i mean maybe i'm cutting two episodes out of the season i don't know and we've got 25 episodes this season you know, yeah, it's a we lot. Could, we could lose one or two. So, yeah, yeah not a big deal. No, speaking of. <laughs> well, speaking of, my next episode would actually be Firewalker because this is where this is where Firewalker would come oh, in. Okay, cool. So, but the actual next episode in the season, the real season, not my season, is Dot Com, episode mm-hmm. 19. Yeah. So. And I honestly think we could just lose this one. <laughs> Okay. Like I was trying to think how you might do something with like time warp or time loop or I mean if they were gonna really commit and do like a time loop thing that could be interesting I don't know if the X Files ever does that they should they probably do at some point because '90s sci-fi show but like I yeah. feel like this episode the way it's done I just couldn't think of a way to really make it better it's just not very good and the makeup obviously could be improved that would be the big yeah. thing so I have a rewrite. It gets rid of the makeup. It still has plot holes. I mean, but so does this one. So, you know, hey, I do think this is a good place to put Firewalker in, though, because in the first scene, when Scully is in the elevator and Mulder's at the hospital, right, she could have a little comment about how she didn't expect to see Mulder anywhere near a hospital since they're barely out of quarantine. right? Oh, that would be good. Yeah. Yeah. Because they just got out of quarantine. So, you know, so we're going to flip it and we're going to say, the ship has been missing for decades and that other ships keep disappearing. The spot doesn't age people. It's like a Shangri-La where no one ages in that one little spot. So they pirate ships. So the, so the people like living in that little spot on a ship, they pirate other ships for supplies. They don't want to leave that spot because they don't age in the spot. It's like, yeah, I get to live forever, but I have to live like in this one spot in the middle of the ocean, which is kind of weird. Like why would you would choose that? But, you know, like whatever. And so they kill the crews to prevent from being found. And they maybe occasionally like bring people in with them in or something like that. So the teaser is a group refusing to continue doing this lifestyle and leaving. And they're all young sailors, obviously, because they've been living forever. But when they're found, they're all dead from natural causes that are usually associated with old age. They still look young, but for some reason, when they leave the space, their bodies just like get all the diseases, but they still look young. So it's like, whoa, why are all these young dudes dying of like super old age diseases, right? So it turns out the water is like super abundant with fish because of the phenomenon, because the fish don't die too. And they're like super like procreative or whatever. And it'll turn out that maybe the fish are the secret because they're eating the fish. They're catching them. Maybe not. I don't know. This is where I get some pothole stuff. I can figure <laughs> it all out, right? And so the fish are super delicious, though. And Scully will point out at some point to Mulder that she recognizes the fish. And it's a fish that's been extinct for nearly a century, <gasps> right? So it only exists like in this one little space because otherwise they would have all died out. Eventually, one crew member sabotages everything because it's unnatural. 
and because of the killing, right? Doesn't doesn't like the killing and thinks this is an unnatural life. Like we're living forever, but we're stuck here and we're killing people. It's not cool. And at the end, he returns with Scully and Mulder, but he dies before they return to land. The same reason everybody else. And the autopsy says he has a type of stroke that should only occur in someone well into their 80s or 90s. So there's a whole episode. So there's still major plot holes, but it's never stopped the X-Files. So. No, and that's better. Like, I like that a lot. I think that's interesting. Yeah. And it's, it saves us having to even worry about bad makeup because it's not. Yeah. And, I, and honestly, like, should I have been able to look past the bad makeup and see through the depth of the relationship between Mulder and Scully as they possibly face death? Yes, maybe. But like, I shouldn't have to. I shouldn't be required to do that. Like, that should be something that is. Yeah, I will say that the like creators think about. It's, like, it's not my that, job to have to jump through hoops to enjoy a story. No. And I do so. like that she does tell him about her near-death experience. I'm hoping that maybe they're having conversations off screen where they go more in depth about those things because we're not getting yeah. a lot of that in the show. Same with Scully dealing with her trauma. I hope that that's happening off screen because it's definitely not being allowed to happen on screen. So, yeah, but otherwise, yeah, the episode just, eh, eh, eh. Anyway, it's yeah. Fun. So flipping it, like I said, there's still uh, still I've worked it out. I haven't I haven't I haven't workshopped it completely. But yeah, um, I mean, I, I hadn't figured it, out fearful symmetry either. I just tried to make it a little less horrible. No, I mean, you did. A, I think you did a really good job. I like, like I said, just I think just changing that teaser like changes almost the whole gist of the story. Like you right. don't really have to change much else just by making that teaser different. It's like you can take everything else and just work it in. So yeah, you did a good job. Like a minimal rewrite and yet still made a big difference in the episode. So. Yeah, totally. Whereas I'm like rewriting the entire freaking thing. Well, so. but I mean, having them, that that's kind of cool though, because it gives them motivation to be out there. And then also is a weird mystery that Mulder would want to investigate and might think like, ooh, time loop or whatever. But like, you know, gives them a good reason to go out there. But then, yeah, we don't have to deal with the weird makeup. And it's going to be more interesting when they get out there because there's going to be these people trying to like protect their lifestyle. And it, I don't know, it'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. And it could still kind of be the same, like, a reason, like, there's a meteor or something, right, that's making the, you know, whatever. Like, we don't actually get the answer in dot .com either. What it, we get the story about the bright light and the, and the meteor and that kind of thing. But right. we don't actually get, like, an actual, like, this is what's happening. So, all right. Episode 20, Humbug. <laughs> yeah. What you I, got? I still really like this episode. I did get Paul Terry's book, The Official X-Files or whatever. Uh-huh. It's very nice. It's a very hefty book. It is very pretty. It is full of X-Files. I also, it reminded me that the X-Files office burns down at some point because that's like <laughs> half the files are like, this was recovered because of blah, blah, blah. It has to have a reason because apparently the X-Files yeah. office is burned down at some point, which I forgot. The one thing like he did mention that Scully points out that it's probably one of the sideshow performers committing the murders. And then it turns out that she's correct because it actually was, which I don't know if we mentioned in the show that she was actually right about that. So she was right about that. And thank you, Paul Terry, for pointing that out. Yeah. The one thing I have, I guess it's not an issue with the book. The book is fine. But for the purposes that we're using the book for. Is that because it, it obviously it doesn't do every episode, right? It just does like the ones that would have like it would be good content to do an episode mm-hmm. on, right? That kind of thing. There's no like, there's no heading that tells you what episode it is. I know because so, it's just the file. So, yeah. And so like, do I read a like I have to read like I don't want to read ahead, but then I need to know if I'm supposed to use it for this episode or not. So it's kind of like I need to like, you know, like watch the episode and then like look at a couple pictures and see if I recognize something and like, oh okay. 
So, yeah. I also noticed that it doesn't tend to have the myth arc episodes, which I thought was interesting. I don't know if that changes as the, and I only looked at season oh, two. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Um, because I only, I just got it last week. And so I just went through season two. I haven't even gone through season one yet. I did kind of look at the squeeze stuff, but, and obviously I haven't gone ahead, but like, you know, it, the premise of the book is that these are like recovered X-Files. And so that is the right. actual file. But I noticed that the myth arc ones don't tend to be in there. So I don't know if that's going to change as the series oh, goes on. I hadn't on, thought or... about that. But yeah, I don't think there are any so yeah, far. Yeah, I hadn't seen any in season two. But anyway, I just thought that was interesting. But yeah, it's a, it's a fun book. If you're an X-Files like fan, it's a cool thing. Like it is pretty... It's got it's, that big old sketch of Donnie as a demon in it. Yeah, it does. I took a picture and put that on my Instagram <laughs> stories about how like, yay, my best friend. <laughs> oh, I missed that because I'm on social media holiday. Yeah. Summer, so I did yeah. have someone message me, one of my friends who's apparently rewatching the X-Files and he's like, what episode is that? I'm not there yet. And I'm like, uh, it's like 13 or something. Anyway. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I don't have a lot for Humbug, though. Obviously, I mean, I mentioned in the show I liked it. It was a big fan favorite. I think it's good. Yeah, I could probably skip it, honestly. I don't really have a rewrite of it. I mean, there's not a lot to rewrite. I mean, it has its moments, but like like I said, just like the machine gun jokes, mm-hmm. is just it wears on me. Yeah. And then honestly, so I guess maybe it's not the biggest issue, but one that I do have the more I think about it is the treatment of Leonard. Because he's not treated as a vestigial twin. He is clearly like a non-human creature based on his physicality and his design and his behavior. He is a creature. He is not like an underdeveloped twin that's still attached or something or can detach. He is literally a creature. Um, and then so I kind of have issues with that because he's not treated like as some kind of human. He is literally like some scary monster that detaches from Laddie. And, uh, yeah i don't know if that's because yeah i don't know i don't really know what the thinking is it's just weird it's just weird obviously it's not something that would ever happen in real life so yeah and then the end thing just kind of like <laughs> the conundrum would have had to swallow leonard whole i mean that's based what on he that does. scene that's what because he does he could barely bite into a fish <laughs> Well, I we're mean, told that he eats live animals all the time, so we don't see it, thankfully. But he would have to eat them whole. The thing I want to see if Leonard is a vestigial twin. We see how big he is; like he would not even fit in the conundrum's mouth. And there's no blood. It's just, yeah, I get it. It's TV, right? You're just like, oh my god, he ate him, but he, he, it couldn't happen. So, <laughs> oh, wait, are you telling me this isn't a documentary? Because I am very shocked. <laughs> this is not a documentary oh. yeah oh. that's all i got a humbug it's just more complaining so yeah. <laughs> humbug like i said i'm the humbug of this episode <laughs> so all right episode 21 the kalashari so this episode i don't really have a lot to add i think as we go through these last few, like we just talked about them. So I'm like, I don't really have anything else to say. Yeah. I will say I was looking up just people's like top lists of season two. Cause I'm curious, like I'm curious, like where they relate to mine and how they differ. And there was somebody who rated this one pretty high and said that because when he was a kid and was watching this the first time, that necktie scene really haunted him for a really long time. And every time they would open the garage when he was a kid, you know, he would think of that and it would freak him out. So, I mean, I think that's, that reminds me of my reaction to like Darkness Falls, you know, 
And I think if you're a kid, that's pretty haunting. So I did think that was interesting. And I think that's also a fair reaction because it's pretty, pretty creepy. This episode kind of just left me with some questions. Like one, like why is Michael's spirit evil? Is it just like sour grapes? I didn't get to live. So I'm going to be evil. It's almost the same question you could ask about Leonard. Like why is Leonard evil? I know. That was one of the weird things because they are both twin stories. Like, and they are both like, and I know we get the whole Lanny saying, oh, he doesn't like me. You know, all I do is take care of him. Yeah. He's trying to or he doesn't know brother. that he's hurting people. He's yeah, just trying to find a new brother. Yeah. But it's like, that's not really, that doesn't really yeah. work. I'm Michael, sorry. I think it was said that like the attacks didn't really start or the weirdness didn't really start till Teddy was born. So maybe it's like a jealousy thing. Like, oh, I get to be with Charlie and you know he's alive but i'm the twin and i'm still here and then this baby is born and so maybe it was like oh this baby gets to live but i don't maybe it was something like that no i mean they do treat teddy way better than they treat charlie i mean yeah i mean they did steal his there's definitely some new baby action going on there yeah yeah, maybe that was it yeah i don't know i do like the idea that the family had been confusing charlie and michael for some time like they were getting them like when we think it was Charlie, it was really Michael. And Michael has actually manifested earlier than we thought. <laughs> it would be kind of impossible to explain all that um, because you get the scene like, why did you leave me at home? It's like, what are you talking about? You were there. kind of Right, thing, exactly. You know? Like it wasn't him at the park. It was actually Michael. But then like they come home and Charlie's like, why did you leave me here with grandma? And they're like, what are you talking about? You were there with us. You know, that would be like, how would you explain that? Right. It probably does have more potential than Aubrey. To be like reworked and made better. I mean, like we talked about, Aubrey has some stuff that could be refixed, but I think this one has more potential that could be tweaked. I mean, it's got a lot of good stuff in it, but I just don't think it's handled super well. So, yeah, it was. I mean, it was fine. It was. It wasn't a bad episode. It was just there was weirdness. Again, the main thing was like, why is Michael Spirit evil? Like, why does he have to be evil just because he's dead? Like, why do ghosts have to always be mean? Howard Graves wasn't mean. He was protecting what's her face the whole time. <laughs> so, you know, we haven't we haven't really brought up Howard Graves lately. I was thinking about that. I was like, man. Yeah. Howard it Graves. It kind of dropped off. And then it became like vampires were our stick for a while. And then that dropped off. And then yeah. I don't know what happened. Poor Howard. He's long forgotten. Rest in peace, Howard Graves. <laughs> Pour one out for you later. All right. So episode 22, F, Emasculata. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much said my piece in the episode. Like, I think, I just think they should have written Scully better. And I think that they could have gotten Scully and Osborne infected in a different way. I don't think it needed to be Scully being completely ridiculous. Like, there could have been some weird accidental exposure or maybe, like, the thing accidentally gets torn open. I don't know. There could have been a different way to do it. And it didn't need to be her just, like, defying all, like hazmat protocol and just not even trying to stay safe from a pathogen which i thought was silly and i wish she had communicated with Mulder a little better about how it was transmitted but otherwise i liked the episode so you know yeah i mean one we need to actually write that song that we talked about oh yeah if you like f (laughs) masculata yeah we do need to write that song anyway (laughs) Um, this kind of goes into the, what you just talked about a little while ago about how, as we're getting closer to the end of the episode, it's like, my note is actually like the premise is interesting, especially with the addition of the cigarette smoking man, but I really don't have the energy to do unpaid work on what should have been done in the first place on this one. Like, I'm not going to rewrite it because I don't really, I just don't feel like I should put the energy into it. It's like part young at heart. It's part firewalker. It's not really handled any better than either of them. 
So again, Scully's behavior is completely out of character, like you said. So, and I did, there's one thing that I mentioned in the episode that then I didn't catch another part. So I did mention the mirrored scene with Elizabeth, how like, you know, we get the scene with Mulder and the cigarette smoking man where Mulder's like, we need to tell people what's going on. The cigarette smoking man's like, no, we need to keep things on the down low, right? And then he gets that same argument with Scully. But then when he's with Elizabeth, the scene is kind of flipped and Elizabeth is playing the Mulder part and Mulder's playing the cigarette smoking man part. Mm -hmm. Then right after that scene, when they're talking about sending the local police into the bus station, because it's like, you know, half an hour to get there. Even if we drive like at 90 miles per hour, which apparently they did because they got there like within half an hour. So they hauled butt to get there afterwards. Mulder says, no, what we need right now is control. And so that's actually the cigarette smoking man's line of like, we controlled the information and thereby we controlled the situation. So he's actually mirroring that cigarette smoking man example again. So they actually re- they actually did a stronger reinforcement of that than I recognized at first. Oh yeah, I didn't notice that. Yeah, and I can't imagine that was coincidence that he said those words. So oh no, kind I'm of sure like, probably not. Well, it's right past it. It's very much that like the bad guy is bad because they're opposing what you want, not because they're doing evil things. That's not to say the cigarette smoking man is not super evil. He probably is. But like, you know, sometimes you're stuck in situations where you have to make crappy choices or very yeah. limited choices. Yeah. Of course, in direct contrast with that, of me saying like, I don't have the energy to rewrite F Emasculata, Soft Light, episode 23, is actually an episode that I have a whole page of notes for. Again. Oh, nice. So yeah, just some detail stuff. But I want to hear what you have first, if you have anything aside from your love of Tony Shalhoub. I mean, this episode is perfect and nothing needs to change. <laughs> It is great. No, I really do love this episode. I loved everything about it. Like, I think that I was way too invested in how much I loved it. But like, I really and I don't think it's just Tony Shalhoub, although he helps. But I do. I just like it. I think it's good. It's creepy. It's weird. I like the monster. I like how it's handled. I like X coming in and being not necessarily on Mulder's side. Like, I thought everything about it was really good. Okay. I would have liked a little more science even if it was science fiction science and story, yeah. we get a hint of it, but we don't get it. We don't get a lot of it. Mm. I did realize afterwards thinking about it, mainly because I got focused on the whole, like was like we talked about in the episode, yeah. like, trying to figure out like her death. I realized the whole, like we found Banton at the train station thing is actually pure coincidence because the train station actually has nothing to do with the murders. The fact that new earth took the train had absolutely nothing to do with his death. And as far as we know, the same goes for Wisnecki. She just happened to be on a train. And so it's like another red herring, much like their connection with the Morley factory. It's like, it has nothing to do with the fact of reason why they died. We don't know why Wisnecki died. So just based on the episode, the train station actually has nothing to do with it. And so what I thought a better way to explain it was that we make it so that hers is actually the first death okay. instead of the second death. And it happens at the train station because uh-huh. that's where he goes to think. So the accident happens. Right. And he's like, you know, we talk about like, dude, like he just had this accident and then he's like, just let him go home. So like, he obviously realizes something happened and like whatever. And so the train station is where he goes to think he just like sits there he smokes cigarettes and he thinks. And so her death happens by accident at the train station. Then he goes to see Gail Ann, his colleague, and he kills her by accident. 
So then he's super freaked out and he goes to Morris at the hotel. I still don't know why Morris is at the hotel, but he's at the hotel. And then he kills Newarth. And so that it does compress everything too, because that was another issue with the episode that I started having was they stretch it out super far because like the first death happens or we don't even know when the first death happens, but with Neki happens on the 17th and then Newworth happens on the 31st of March. Mm. But then we found out the accident was five weeks ago. And so like Gail Ann's death happened at least two weeks ago and possibly five weeks ago. But yet he's like totally like just banging on Morris's door about Gail Ann's death. And that makes no sense, kind of. Like they really stretched Unless everything out. Unless he just came into town. But yeah, it doesn't explain why he just came into town. Yeah, well, like, why would you call him? Like use the phone. Like Yeah. No, I think that'd be good to compress it a little. And then I agree having the first death happen near the train station, like maybe outside where there's not light or whatever to like mm-hmm. hide the shadow and then have him go to Gail Ann because he realizes something weird happened mm-hmm. and then accidentally kill her. Yeah, I know that would be good. And then it could be compressed into like a week or something. And so that it's yeah. not because, but it has to be enough time for him to be like completely unhinged on lack of sleep. But I feel like a week is enough for that to happen. Yeah. And then also we need some time for obviously for there to be knowledge of the previous cases, right? Right. They all happen like in the same day. That would be like, whoa, that's weird. We need a little bit of stagger on them, but not like weeks of stagger. Yeah. So I did have a question of who Davey was working with and who he was calling when X kills him, because he's obviously not working for the people that X is working with because then X wouldn't have killed him. So was it another government? Was it another company? And then also is like his ex running his own private gig within the conspiracy. Hmm. Maybe. maybe. So yeah. it could have been the government and then maybe X killed him because he needed them to think that Banton was dead. And so maybe it was just kind of like a sacrifice for the good of the conspiracy. So, But then X is still running his own side gig then in that case, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I, well, yeah. I think either way, because I don't think X is part of, the conspiracy that we know of like where the, with the cigarette smoking well he knows crack. about it he knows obviously. about it i don't think he's involved i think this is his own side conspiracy okay this All is right. his side job to make some income because i'm pretty sure every just i mean not paid that well so and then yeah. just based on everything i'm gonna say that was davy really gone when banton got locked inside the first time Maybe, you know, because I guess, oh, it's like accidentally lock itself. But then at the end, it seems like you have to actually manually lock it, like get the punch in the code to lock the doors. Yeah. So maybe he was just trying to get rid of his business partner. Right. Mm. Like, I'm, I want I want all the business for myself. But then he got the extra bonus of like, whoa, this guy has, you know, potential for super profits because there's this weird thing going on. So, you know, maybe that kind of thing. And then there was one discrepancy that I discovered that I meant to mention in the episode and I got distracted and I forgot about it. Mm. So Wisneki is killed on the 17th of March mm-hmm. and New Earth is day. Yep. And then New Earth is killed on the 31st, mm-hmm. last day of March. And then, cause when Mulder says they need to go watch the tapes, he says, and he was there last night. So they have three days of tapes to look at, to try and find the person. Right. Cause they know he was there at least those three days. But then when Mulder shows Davy the photo, Davy asked him when that photo was taken. Mulder says it was taken March 22nd. Hmm. Why the 22nd? That's not any of the days. 
maybe they were reviewing tapes in that time period and they saw him in that yeah it just oh yeah Yeah. just one of those things that caught me and then we were talking about something else and i forgot about it afterwards so yeah and then i already talked about the fact that it was really stretched out with all the deaths taking place i did also notice one more thing about this episode so this was you obviously went back and changed little green men to be a nine also yes but if you if you hadn't this would be your top rated episode number nine Mm -hmm. right yeah boom nine i noticed that both of our number nine episodes well now discounting little green men but both of our top rated episodes have a lot to do with the actor playing the antagonist in each episode like mine is like steve railsback in Dwayne barry and yours is tony Mm -hmm. salub in this episode so we both are very like character actor oriented in our favorite episodes well, and I think because even though they're only in one episode, they do make up a huge chunk of that episode. So I think when it's really well done, it makes a difference because when it's not well done, it's bad. And like, that's who we're looking at for most of the episodes. Yeah. That makes sense well, I would say that Dwayne Barry is in two episodes, but he actually doesn't really have anything. To he do doesn't do in much Ascension. in Ascension except drive. No. And then yeah, he killed. doesn't do a lot. Yeah. So... Yeah. But I mean, they are both very compelling actors and I think they did a really good job. Yeah. So. So I was like, oh, huh. yeah. And then you ruined it by raising up little green men to a nine also. I so know. I you know. just really, you really liked Jorge is what it is. You just were fascinated I just, I really like unhinged people trying to solve <laughs> their own problems. I don't know. I have a thing. So. Okay. All right. Episode 24, Our Town. Yep. You got anything? I mean... I, I haven't eaten fried chicken since I watched it. So Me that. neither, but not because I haven't wanted to. Yeah. To be honest, yeah. I don't really eat fried chicken that often. So that is not a huge, huge difference. Fried chicken life. is one of my top foods, honestly. There are some so. really good chicken places here. And I do keep meaning to go to one that's near me. And then I just never do. <laughs> but I should because they're, they're really good. There's one called, if you're in the Seattle area, it's called Azelle's. And it's, it's very, very good. They do fried chicken and they also do like chicken strips and they have all these sides and stuff. And then apparently there was some kind of dispute in the family or fight or I don't legal battle. I don't even know. But I think the guy who's actually named Zell like splintered off and he started his own place called Heaven Sent Chicken. And I don't oh. know if that's actually a Zell who split it off, but someone did. And it's literally the same, like at least as far as I know, last two times I've had either one, I think they taste the same, but it's, it's very good chicken. So if you're ever in the Pacific Northwest, yes. Are they on opposite sides of the river, like Puma and Adidas? No, Azel's has like a lot of, a lot of different like locations. And I don't know if Heaven Sent has more than one, but either way, they're both very delicious. So now I don't know, maybe I'll be getting that for dinner this week. (laughs) I still don't understand why Scully had the chicken bucket. That to me, I don't get. Because she likes chicken. She loves chicken. I feel like if you know what you know about that, like her redeeming quality in my eyes, she loves fried chicken. She does love. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. I just think if you knew what you knew about those chickens, you wouldn't be eating it in that town. Well, that's the thing, and I'm gonna get to that shortly. But if we're propping fried chicken places, I mean, obviously, screened our restaurant here in Portland, Oregon. Um. Oh my God, I have eaten there, and it is amazing. And it's not just because my wife is the pastry chef, but that and helps. they have and they have two locations now, one in the Pearl and one on the east side. Anyway, yes, fried chicken. So I just have a couple of things on our town. One is I'd, 
why they need the tribal mask for the murders, I don't know. Aside from just like, oh, tribal it's, mask, whatever. Because this guy appropriated this tribe's rituals to prolong life, so I guess that includes the mask. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. And then this is kind of crazy, so I'm going to just read directly from my notes here because otherwise I'm going to get myself all confused. So we would assume it was Aaron's who was watching Mulder and Scully in the records office when they were going through the office, mm-hmm. but he was obviously at Kern's house getting ready to kill her. And Chaco was also there, even though I guess it was slightly later, which is a whole nother question. Cause why did he go there in the first place? And then how did he perfectly time it to miss Aaron's being there killing Doris Kearns, but yet managing to be there waiting for Scully to get her. I don't, no, like I'm assuming she went there directly and didn't like stop for chicken dinner or something. <laughs> right. So who was at the records office watching them when they were in the records office? Right. Because our other two options are taken care of. I guess it could have been Harold. Yeah. But everyone seems like they're at the bonfire getting ready to eat somebody. And I guess they're eating Doris Kearns. Yeah, they are. Which means there's like some super fast kitchen turnaround on her body and also yeah. like notifying everyone of a pop up cannibal feed. So unlike our previous episode soft light where everything is stretched out this one everything is like super impossibly compressed because everything happens like so fast like the onset of the disease right like we don't know exactly how long it's been since current the husband current i can't remember what his first name was george like when he was george current we don't know how long it's been since he was killed but it's reasonably not too long ago but yet everyone suddenly is like breaking out with the disease right and then in this case, this particular case where like Doris is murdered and then they're eating her and then like it's all happening super duper fast. So I would yeah, you're right. That is a really quick out. turnaround. Yeah. And then the other thing about the chicken, they obviously weren't putting people in the chicken grinder because all their bones were in the river and Chaco was keeping all their heads and their bones right. had been boiled for the food. So the chicken grinder the only person who maybe was in the chicken grinder was Chaco, or at least his head, because we get that gray hair at the end, right? Mm. But they weren't putting people in there, and I guess they put him in there just to dispose of the body. I don't know. But so there wasn't actually anything wrong with the chicken. They were all getting sick from eating the people, which we talked about. They weren't eating the brains, though, which is how they would have gotten sick. They were just eating right. the bodies. So. I think that you're right. So they got sick because they ate George Kearns. I think that Scully isn't aware of that yet. And so she thinks it's the chicken. And that was her theory that she tells Mulder. And then she walks in with a bucket of chicken. And I'm like, what are you doing? But <laughs> I mean, the chicken is fine. It, yeah. Until what's his face at the end gets in there. The chicken aren't contaminated. And they may not still be contaminated, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. There. Well, there's also some conflation. I think we dealt with, we talked about that a little bit in the episode too. In a way they're conflating processing chicken and eating cooked chicken. So like Mulder talked about, like if that's the case, there should be outbreaks all over the country. Cause they're like the biggest chicken processing plant in the nation. So why is it really localized just to these people? And so, right. it, but again, I think they're just conflating the fact that they process chicken. So obviously they, produce chicken although they thankfully did make the bucket not be choco chicken right it was bud's chicken bud's mm-hmm. chicken hood so yeah. yeah oh man now i want fried chicken Uh-oh. see fried chicken oh. super delicious it yeah. is it is good yeah all right episode 25 anasazi anasazi i mean i really did like this episode too so like i feel like it's a good 
season finale. I think that if you're rewatching the X-Files now, you will never understand the pain of having to wait from like <laughs> May to September to find out what the heck happened to Mulder because I know that was agonizing for me and my brothers. So that was hard. Nowadays, you guys just get to watch it on Hulu and you get to skip right to the next episode and find out. So kids these days. <laughs> no, I don't have a lot ah, to say about this one. Um, get off I of Tori's lawn. <laughs> right? Shaking my cane. Get off my lawn, kids. Don't pick my dandelions. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't like Bill Mulder very much, and this episode reminded me why. And it also reminded me... This episode basically reminded me of a lot of things that are upcoming, I think. Oh. Like some reveals that we're going to get, which we sort of got already. Um, you okay. can... If you're... <laughs> I think it's interesting that you're saying that because there is something big coming up that you obviously don't remember that was mentioned. I have, so I have not watched the blessing way or paperclip yet because I wanted to record this first because I didn't want that to creep in to my knowledge of the show, but I do have, I'm expecting a text at some point then. All right. I've obviously seen the show. Uh, It has been, as we have talked about, this is a rewatch for many years, Um, but I do remember a specific reveals that happen later and i don't know if they're all season three or if they're all immediately after this episode or what but i do remember in this episode you remind me of some of that stuff like things that are going to come up with scully's health and things that are going to come up with you know what bill Mulder did so like that was kind of neat otherwise i don't have a lot when we were talking about all the williams i neglected to mention my cat is named billy and so i felt bad oh for yeah uh so that is another william although he is named after dr horrible and dr horrible's alter ego is Billy and I don't know oh, wow. his real name is William. It doesn't come up in the sing-along blog ever, but yeah, his name is Billy. So hmm. well, it's probably easier to rhyme with Billy than just to rhyme with William. Yeah. Well, I think it only comes up in one point where she calls him Billy buddy. And then like, I named my cat, oh. Dr. Horrible, but Dr. Horrible is not a fun thing to call a cute kitten. So no. I started calling him Billy because that's the alter ego. And so Billy doesn't actually know Dr. Horrible's his name, but it is on all his vet records. So well, Robert Evans of Behind the Bastards recently just got two black kittens, and one is named Saddam Hussein, and one is named Saddam Hussein's best friend. So, <laughs> I don't know who that is, but yay, kittens. <laughs> anyway, so. People name pets weird things. I don't know. Billy's name was hard. Billy didn't have a name for like a week and a half because I couldn't decide. So, <laughs> okay. anyway. He has a name now, and he's a spoiled little brat. So, he's. Yeah, well, we talked. A- I think like it's been a been a couple of months. I was really trying to avoid spoilers in the episodes that I wanted to come to things fresh and not know what was going on. Mm-hmm. And then I was looking something up and went down a rabbit hole one night and just mm. I know everything <laughs> now. Oh no. And I don't I don't know specifics of like I don't know like super details like episode by episode kind of thing. But um there is something we talked about earlier in this wrap up that yeah. I'm expecting a text from you when okay. you watch the next two episodes. So, ah. yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway. Well, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, I have vague memories about stuff that comes up, but again, I don't know what you're referring to. So when I get to that point, I will message you and you will know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. My only thing on this episode is, again, it's just a little detail stuff. Like, why would they give Mulder's entire building or at least his entire floor a psychotropic jug? It just seems like super lazy and sloppy. It's like there's much easier ways to do that or to take him out. And then why are only Mulder and the old lady affected 
in his building. Like, I think other people are. I think that was just our example to show us that somebody else did something absolutely off the rails. Like they murdered somebody. Okay. So I'm guessing that other people in that building are also feeling crappy, probably sleeping and watching a lot of daytime TV and not sure. Or they drink that. bottled water, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. From the tap. Who knows? I don't know. They just live on Coca-Cola, which whatever makes you happy. Maybe. We do get a thing when uh, Bill Mulder and the cigarette smoking man are talking where Bill Mulder says, like, those files should have been destroyed. And cigarette smoking man agrees they should have been, but they weren't. And so we have to just deal with that situation as it is mm. on that. Why would you bury a train car full of secret experimental or alien or both bodies when you could just have incinerated them? I don't know why you would just bury the bodies in a train car in the middle of the desert. Why would you just incinerate the bodies and get rid of them? I mean, obviously, they're not great at getting rid of evidence. So I don't know why. Yeah, obviously, they're not really good at that. Yeah. And then this is a little spoilery, but I'm going to try and not get into too many details. So I know we talked about in the episode, but I know that they're going to explain the whole how could Trichek shoot at Scully and do a really shitty job of it. And then also be in Bill Mulder's bathroom waiting in his shower like a creepoid. And at the time, it felt like sloppy writing. I know they're going to actually explain that. But it just when you're watching it, it makes it seem like something and i wonder if maybe someone brought that up over the summer i was like oh we need to fix that so they fixed it in the episode (laughs) so they're going to explain it i know i mentioned the episode like how can you be in like there's a distance right again we get that thing of like you have to like physically move through time and space in reality you can't just like be in washington dc and then magically be in someone's bathroom in massachusetts so they do explain that but i don't think explicitly explain it but there is an explanation for it okay so that's my only thing on anasazi because it's, it's one of Let's say it, it's one of three parts, right? There's going to be mm-hmm. two more parts coming. Yeah. So, yeah, but that's it. That's all on the I'm episodes. excited to dive into. Yay. Okay. Well, I'm, I'll be waiting for that text, man. <laughs> I will be waiting for that text. So before we get into the overall discussions, sure. I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you lead that because I think you have some things you want to talk about. I just have a couple of like the standard, like here's some wrap up questions. So we kind of did these last time too. Mm-hmm. Which episode do you think is the most overrated episode of season two? Oh boy. Well, you know, I was thinking about this and like, I feel like irresistible is the obvious answer, but I mean, oh, I okay. Think, uh, maybe just because, but again, I aggressively don't like it. And so I'm probably not giving it a fair shake. Um, well, what's the I, one that you think is the most overrated? Yeah, so that's fair. I think possibly. The other one that's probably really overrated, I'm just thinking of, because I did look at a lot of people's opinions. I think people, Our Town gets a lot of love, and I don't think Our Town is bad. Like, I enjoyed it. It's creepy and weird. I don't know that it's the best episode of season two, but it is one that I remember the most. So I think maybe there's some nostalgia playing in. And maybe the host, because people, I mean, I like the host a lot. I gave it a seven. I think it's a good episode, but I think people also really, it it gets really, really high ratings and people always list it as like one of the best episodes. People have said it's the best episode of the show period. Like people have said it's the best monster of the week episode. I don't know that it's that great. And, you know, I think it's good, but again, I don't, I think maybe it gets a lot just because it's weird. And I think it just it sticks out in your mind. And so I think. Well, and it is super like when you think of there's like images that come to mind when you think of X-Files and like, yeah. if you look at pictures of the X-Files, there will be a picture of Luke man in there. Yeah. Somewhere. It's super iconic. Right. So it's, 
it's a major episode. And again, I like it. I think it's very good. I don't know that it's the best Monster of the Week episode they've ever done, but I, it's very highly rated. So it might be a little overrated. Yeah, you would think it would be more of a one and done episode the way it is so iconic. In Prevalent, yeah. 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 I, I, because I don't look at things because honestly, I don't care what other people think. <laughs> so both my overrated and the next question of which one is the most underrated are kind of based on what I just kind of get a vibe of, not necessarily based on like actual data or whatever, right? But I would probably say maybe one breath because I know people love one breath. That's when Scully comes back, right? So obviously yeah. that's a big favorite. The host, again, because like, again, you just like, you think that's the episode that you think of is the host right you think of the fluke man i would also probably say this is and this one definitely goes to my own personal taste is i would probably say that i think humbug is overrated mm. just because i know people love humbug and it's like i know oh, it's oh, whatever it's yeah, yeah it was not your it was not your bag not at my all, cup of tea. No. i was huge into it but yeah i can see like if you're not yeah. into it it's gonna feel overrated because it is one of the most popular x-files episodes ever yeah. and people love it so yeah Funnily enough, I did not even think to put Irresistible on this list just because in my head, Irresistible is not a good episode. So no one likes it. There we go. People love it. You know, and like, again, everyone's opinions are different. Totally fine. There's nothing wrong with loving Irresistible. It just didn't work for me. But, I, you know, I get why it does for people. I always want to fall back on that super troublesome quote from Groundhog Day of like, people love blood sausage. People are morons. (laughs) <laughs> which I think is great, except I like blood sausage. So I don't like that part of it and think of something else. But the people are more on things. I love the sentiment, I guess I should say. Yeah, so, I've never yeah. had blood sausage because I can't get over it. Like my brain okay. will not let me put that in my mouth. And I know that I've eaten animal blood and that I have no reason to be weirded out by it, but I can't do it. I just and you love vampires. I do. Weird. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, it's a block. It's a block. I have a lot of weird little okay. things. It's fair. My brain is So weird. I led to it already, right? What do you think is the most underrated episode? Oh, that's going to be hard. <laughs> so I was looking at lists. And I mean, I don't have like a <laughs> compendium of everything that everyone thinks about the <laughs> X-Files. Uh, I did notice Softlight does get some pretty good ratings, but some people didn't like it. And it does... It's usually not very high on the best episodes list. Although Monster of the did. Week did not like it. They did not. Emily Vanderbilt yeah. and Zach Hedlund did not like it. So. so I think maybe Soft Light is underrated. I don't know that Sleepless is underrated. I think a lot of people do like Sleepless. I'm just looking at the list of episodes right now. Fresh Bones might be a little underrated because it is. It did really. It got me twice. And so like, I feel like it was really well done. And I don't think, and you know, Kent, I'm very basic. I understand that most people like Nick are going to see Chester running around and go, that's the dead kid. Like, that's fine. Um, It got you twice. And then it didn't get you because you didn't realize it was the same dude at the end. (laughs) (laughs) That's where we got the white guy blindness. (laughs) Anyway. um, No, but I mean, I think Fresh Bones is actually really good. And I think it does get on those like, not a good episode list because it deals with voodoo and obviously doesn't deal with it in a necessarily sensitive and good way. But I think that part of that is explained by the fact that it's like a white guy practicing voodoo and the actual Mm. voodoo practitioner is like killed by him because he's covering up his whatever. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's pretty good. And I think it's probably a little underrated. Yeah. We got into that in the episode. We talked about how it's on that vulture list of the Mm -hmm. most problematic X-Files episodes. And we kind of discussed how like, 
it actually doesn't seem i mean again talking about how like we're not in that community so we can't specifically say but it seemed like they handled it actually pretty well as far as the episode doesn't appropriate the episode appropriates and then says that it's because it's appropriation so yeah it's because it's this white dude who's using something that's not his to control the world and to abuse people and be a bad person so yeah yeah okay I again because I don't pay attention, right? So I'm just kind of picking out ones that I that I liked that I think probably people don't really like as much. Blood. I think blood is mm. a really good episode. It, it it has hit issues, but I think it has it probably actually really belongs in my next question, but I do think that it maybe it's underrated. Dwayne Barry, obviously, is my favorite episode, so I'm gonna say mm-hmm. it's underrated no matter what, because it should be <laughs> I think so. Dwayne Barry is actually very beloved and very popular. Okay. So I don't okay, think good. it's super okay, so underrated. It's underrated. Yeah. And then I would probably maybe say uh Dehander Verlitz. Okay. I think maybe might be underrated. Again, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just I did picking s- out ones that I could see maybe where people wouldn't like them. Mm-hmm. I did so. see Derhand. Oh God, I keep calling it Derhand. Diane Deverlitz was on a lot of top lists, and people actually really like that one. And they also think it's one of the best X Files episodes. I okay, see, so I'm garbage. Them, I so. pick underrated episodes everyone loves. So, so I yeah. mean, I don't love it, but and you know, some people don't. But I did notice that it, it does seem to be. And again, I think because it's got that iconic, you know, woman with her eyes blacked out and with the candle, and like I think that's another image that you tend to see when you think of the X Files. Mm. So. It's yeah. very I will say I tend to say the hand derverlets as well. Like I tend to you tend to do it with the first one. I tend to do it with the second one. Mm-hmm. I tend to put an R in there, like derverlets, and that's not what it is. It's, but yeah, I don't speak German, so you know. And that's another podcast. So anyway. Uh, so episode that with the most potential to be better, maybe not better, but like, I think blood had potential to be, mm. again, I had some big rewrites in some of the episodes. So obviously maybe those should be my lists, but yeah, I think Firewalker had a lot of potential. I mean, you've got this mm. volcano robot. You've got this weird outpost. Which they I don't do, do anything with. I know. And I do like the bottle episodes where, and I do like I, we haven't come up with a word for it in the X-Files genre, but you know, like Ice, Darkness Falls, I tend to really like those. And I think they could have done Firewalker a little bit better and maybe, I'm not sure how, but they had some had a lot of potential. There was some good stuff there. You got a yeah. volcano, for goodness sakes. You can make it work. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, you know, zombie with an asparagus cannon shooting fire out of it. Right. Come on. Like you've got like gruffed up Bradley Whitford, the volcanologist. Like you could have made that mm-hmm. work a lot more than you did. So I feel like Firewalker yeah. had potential. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with Blood underrated, and I'm gonna go with Fire. I'm gonna jump on your bandwagon and go <laughs> Firewalker potential. Yes, yeah. most potential. My last question is: Season one had some awesome side characters, right? We had Park Ranger Pete. We had Dr. Diamond, whose name I couldn't remember last time. We had Deadpan Medical Examiner. We had the Cemetery Caretaker. We had Agent Henderson. We had Fire Freak Beatty. We had lots of side characters that could have been continuing through the X-Files lore, right? Mm. Are there any side characters in season two that are worth keeping around? (laughs) I mean, I like... Kosef, the uh, or Kosef or whatever, I like the therapist lady. I okay. do think they're stretching her role like 
to fit when they need just any therapist of any kind, social worker person. Um, well, I mean, they do that with Scully too, if they need science, right? That's yeah, true. Someone um, has to do science. So, but I do like seeing her. I think she's good. Oh, I do wish deadpan medical examiner was back, but we can't have everything. Otherwise, I don't really know. I do think, I mean, obviously we get cry check. <laughs> oh, I just thought of someone that isn't on my, that I didn't write down. I just, I, I have one now, but anyway. Okay. Sorry, and I do, work. we do get the thinker a couple times. I don't know if he'll ever come back, but I think he could be interesting. I doubt it because he totally rolled over on Mulder. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, he's not a very good uh, anarchist, honestly, because he wasn't prepared to get caught. Was it using like Tor or some, you know, VPN when he was hacking the <laughs> defense department and then just like rolled over on Mulder, apparently, because that's how the cigarette smoking man knows that they have it, right? He tells Bill that we know it because the person who stole the files has admitted to it. Oh, right. So. Yeah. I thought maybe he was just lying, but yeah. So I kind of thought like, obviously, I wish they hadn't killed off Dwayne Barry. I mean, he's right. not really going to be like a recurring character. He could pop up once or twice. would be nice. I was thinking about Melissa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would like to see more of her. Mm, but I don't think the writers agree with me on that case. And um, it, although it would have been a cool like love triangle between like Melissa <laughs> and Scully and Mulder, right? That kind of action going. Be awkward, though, when one of the two of them are siblings. That, that's a little awkward. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not like a three-way. It's just like, No, you know, I know, but, you know, yeah. even then, it's a little awkward just to have a love triangle anyway. Yeah. Anyway, I really like the sheriff from Humbug. He was probably my favorite part, but he's, like, super localized, so that would be kind of weird. Oh, yeah. I was, was thinking great. maybe the sewage manager from The Host. He was kind of interesting, too. Hmm. But, like, no one really has that oomph. I know we're going to get Chuck from the Kalashari to come back. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really counting him because I know he is going to come back. I actually don't think he's that great of a side character anyway. Uh, but then while we're talking, it clicked in my head. I don't know how I could have forgotten. Kasdan from Dwayne Barry. Oh, my gosh. I forgot all about her. Yeah. Pounder. Yeah. She would be great. Yeah. I think would. we even mentioned that in Dwayne Barry, how I wish she would come back because she was really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I forgot all about her. That's not one of the episodes I listened to again when I was doing I did listen okay, to Ascension yeah. for some reason, but. <laughs> mm. Let's see how it is. All right. So, yeah, Agent Kasdan. She would be an awesome returning character. Yeah, no, I agree completely. So I do. I actually had nobody because I was like, I can't really think of anybody, but no, Agent Kasdan. Mm -hmm. Boom. Yes. Yeah, 100% agree. All right. All right. The stage is yours. All right. So I just wanted to briefly say, like, you had asked me a question during Our Town, and I thought of this afterward. But I do think X-Files has a really high rewatch value from the 90s, like in terms of shows from the 90s. Because if you have gone back and watched anything from the 90s, you may have noticed it's really cringy. And you're kind of like, what is happening why did we like this or this is really not you know it's aged like milk right it's not aged well at all and i don't think the x-files has that i mean obviously there is some of that and there's like gender bender which is a great example of that i mean it's not perfect and i'm not saying that it doesn't have problems but i'm just saying in terms of overall rewatch value i think it's pretty high and like there are people that I see like on Tumblr or like who will mention that they're watching the X-Files for the first time and people seem to really like it, even though they're just coming to it now. There are a lot of jokes about Mulder and his obsession with finding the truth, which, you know, means right and porn. On. Yes. And they, I don't see a lot of jokes about that, but it's true. Mulder hearts boobs. 
I wonder if that fades away. Like if that was just a big like season one, season two thing, and then it maybe goes away. Yeah, but anyway, I do think that in terms of like, because I mean, I've rewatched a couple episodes of Wings when I was able to find them, and like Wings has some really great comedy. It's very funny. It was very. I love that show, but there are some things in there where I'm like, oh, oh, maybe not do that, guys. And, you know, I think that's true of all things, because as we grow and learn, like our perspectives change and, you know, progress is good. But I I don't think the X-Files has as much of that. And so I think that's really good. So, yay, X-Files. So far, I have not been like horrified very often. (laughs) Gender bender is probably the exception where I was like, "Mm, let's not do this. Side question, how does, we mentioned maintenance phase earlier. I don't know if that was in this episode or part one, but we mentioned it. How does, because it was a big part of the Wings show. How does the um, the body image stuff go? Because remember the one, I can't oh, remember. Oh, I remember is, Helen Chapel. Helen yeah. Chapel, yeah. I, I remember her no. real name, but I don't remember her character name. I mean, name. it's not good. It's incredibly okay. fat phobic. And like, okay. what's funny about that show is that, it definitely had a big role in my life in terms of how I saw myself and possibly some issues I had later, which I won't get into. <laughs> but um, look, I'm a fat woman. I've had issues. It's That's not abnormal because, you know, trying to navigate the world. Yeah, it's not good. But I do think it's funny because, like, I always loved Roy Biggins. And I still, I mean, again, I, I haven't seen all of Wings in a very long time. I've seen one or two random episodes. But I do like Roy and he's like, he, he is the, the villain of the show and he's fat. And then we have this really thin person who's like always talking about how horrible it was when she was fat. And everyone talks about how awful it was when she was fat and how great it is that she's not fat anymore. And like this threat of her getting fat again is like the end of the world. And so like, yeah, it's not good. I, you know, I love wings for what it is, but that part of it is not good at all. So I just remember that being a big part of the it show, is, but I, yeah. I literally could not remember how it was really. I know it was played for jokes a lot. It is played for remember, jokes a lot, but I and couldn't like, remember how it was treated. I mean, and I of course, when she gets upset, she eats a lot because right. that's what fat people do. We eat a lot more upset, which is not true at all of a lot of fat people. But you know, that's the stereotype, I mean, right? Like it's true in this household. You're but, shoving uh, calories in your mouth because you're miserable, and that's not not necessarily how that works but yeah it's not good um and you know the x-files i'm sure is gonna have some stuff even going forward where i'm gonna be like "Mm, no but (laughs) i think overall it's it's had a higher rewatch value in terms of it's not as cringy as some things well i would i mean based on the name of this podcast i would kind of hope that it does i mean i have to i brought that question up because i'm like i mentioned i think what brought this up was that i I rate these episodes lower than you do on the general, right? I mean, we kind of, we, we kind of, I think we have a kind of general consensus, but there are episodes where I will rate it high and you will rate it low. And then as we mentioned in the very beginning of part one, right? Overall, your ratings are a little bit higher than mine are Mm -hmm. in general. And I was, again, I watched season one. I kind of stopped watching. And so my recollection of what I'm what I'm coming to the show expecting is not what I'm finding when I'm watching the show. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I maybe am a little more negative than yeah, but other there's people a, might be. 
there's a difference between like I don't like this or this isn't working for me and oh my god I can't believe they're doing that horrible thing that we've all agreed is not okay but apparently in the 90s no one had the memo yet you know what I mean like there's a little bit of a difference although yeah I mean it doesn't mean it's for everyone I just think that that in general it's got a higher rewatch value than some things I mean there are some shows that I've watched from like the 2000s like you know 2010 and i'm like whoa you should not be using that word mister so you know what i mean like it's just you know progress is slow sometimes well, i mean i think probably my for in that particular point of whether i want to say it's a good show or a bad show versus what you're talking about where like just whether it's problematic whether it's or not, aged so. well yeah or yeah aged i mean very badly. the poster child <laughs> i always think of in that case is ghostbusters Oh, it's true. Yeah. Like Peter Venkman, like Peter Venkman is the coolest dude. And yet he is not, he is gross when you think about it. Yeah. I think everyone on Twitter was talking about the 2016 Ghostbusters with the ladies, which Mm -hmm. I personally love a lot. And Shauna McGuire was saying how like Peter Venkman is like a walking sexual harassment lawsuit. Like (laughs) he pretty much is like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Peter Venkman and I love the Ghostbusters, all of them, literally. But yeah, I, that movie wasn't perfect either. And it definitely had some issues. And so did number two, by the way, also had some issues. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I based most of my adult life on Bill Murray quotes. So, yeah, yeah. What you do. So, I mean, we we've mentioned that Mulder is. Often I mean, Mulder's walking... looking at porn in the office. It's not perfect. Yeah. And I'm not saying yeah. it is. And it's. I think it's kind of funny that Mulder's looking at porn, but someone might turn that on and be like really grossed out by that. Be like, you know what? I don't want to watch a show about a guy who's constantly watching porn at work. And, you know, that's fine. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with well, and it's not, it off. Well, and it's not and even the like, fact no. that he's watched, like, it's not like demonizing porn as it is like. No. At, like, we talk about at work. inappropriate time. Like, you can, yeah. you know, get your Skinamax and on like, at home, you know, but. Oh, what about in the VCR? You know, yeah, that tape in the VCR wasn't mine. Like, oh, I put it back in the drawer with all the other tapes that aren't yours. Yeah. So, and you know, we forgive Mulder because, well, and I say we, I mean the fandom at large, and I'm not speaking for the fandom. Please don't mistake that. But I just mean that, like, it does tend to be like, oh, you know, Mulder, he's quirky, ha ha ha. And you know, we laugh it off because it's not, you know, he's not real. It's not hurting anybody. But in reality, that's not a work situation I'd want to be in. That's for sure. So. Yeah, and also he was kind of handsy early on too. We talk about that in season one a lot, right? <laughs> yeah, he kind of was. Yeah. Oh, Mulder. So, anyway, yeah. so I just wanted to point out. I noticed a couple themes this season. In season two, I think one of the big themes is trust no one. Okay. Which was not. I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't a theme in season one, but I'm just saying it does get kind of emphasized over and over again. And like, obviously, Mulder and Scully have to trust someone sometimes, or they'd get nowhere because they wouldn't be able to do anything if they didn't trust anyone ever but i think there are some great examples of that like agent chapel and colony x and soft light you know Mulder trusts him with this information and he doesn't really know what x does with it but we know what x does with it and it's definitely so you're discussing examples of how they need to trust no one not how they do trust no one yeah no yeah i'm I'm just (laughs) discussing of like how you really can't trust anybody because check it out and then the alien assassin, obviously, who can appear as literally anybody. So, like, makes it very hard to trust. And, you know, Samantha, who's not really Samantha. That's another good example. So I think that was kind of a theme on how you really can't trust anyone. 
but at the same time like you do kind of have to trust somebody at some yeah. point or there wouldn't i think you said it really i don't remember which episode this was it might have been an anasazi when you said this but i think you said like Mulder and scully say trust no one a lot but they need to like embrace it more yes they actually <laughs> do <laughs> they need to embrace it and really hold that in their hearts because they're not good at yes. it at all and again you yes. do need to trust someone at some point like if they didn't trust albert to translate the papers they wouldn't get you know what i mean you have to at some point extend some trust but i think they're a little too trusting for the yeah. world they're living in and also they don't make backups of anything i know so i know that- it's very, Maybe you could it, be a little more trusting if you had like a backup. Well, and I mean, I, I don't know why this happens, but we were just talking about the Paul Terry book and how it mentions the X-Files office is set on fire. And if that can destroy all your files, you're not doing a great job keeping the X-Files alive. <laughs> well, it does say like they, they recover a lot from like Scully's personal computer. Yeah, so she and, does like, have from, backups. Yeah, and then like, I guess there's some offloaded files and then like like Skinner has files and yeah, yeah. they're like you know, piecing them together from different places. But yeah. We're not seeing that a lot in the show. So anyway. No. Uh, and the other thing I noticed seemed to come up a lot this season is just that real people can be monsters too. Um, <gasps> I know, which, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love that theme. I think that's great. I do get tired of it in zombie scenarios where like no one can ever trust anyone and don't band together to just support each other because that's what I want to see. But in the X-Files, it works really well. And like some examples of that are obviously irresistible. Yes, I know. I don't care at this point. He's a demon. He's a demon. We don't know that. We've gotten zero proof. Um, (laughs) They showed it on screen. He has a demon. Anyway, there's our town. There's Red Museum and how like people are being jerks to the cultists. There's Diane de Verlitz, which... There's you know, fresh bones. Is regular people. Yeah, I mentioned Colonel Wharton. Um, so, I mean, I think it's a good theme for the X-Files. And I do think it's interesting how it's interspersed with the supernatural. Because another thing I was thinking about is how I watch a lot of procedural shows and, like, tend to really enjoy those. But there's a thing that they tend to do all the time, which is, and we mentioned this in three, well, they'll bring in like a quote unquote supernatural monster. Like there'll be like a werewolf attack, but then it turns out it's some guy who taught his dog to like attack or, you know what I mean? Like it's, it, there's always some mundane explanation. Whereas the X-Files is not that show. The X-Files does embrace the paranormal and the supernatural a lot. So it is kind of nice that they do have episodes where normal people are doing evil things too. And I noticed that did come up a lot in season two. It might keep coming up. I don't know. Did that fake out werewolf on me in Fresh Bones? Yeah. Yeah. And that's pretty much all I have. I have some notes about how like season two kind of bookends with Mulder's quest for the truth. Like he runs to Arecibo to find proof of UFOs and aliens. And then, you know, obviously in Anasazi, he ends up in that train car with what looks like proof of aliens. And then we kind of learn probably isn't. But it's obviously proof of something evil, like some conspiracy. And then there's Colony and Endgame right in the middle where it kind of solidifies his motivation to find the truth and his reasons for keeping at it and stuff like that. So I thought that was good. Okay. That's pretty much all I've got for season two. I mean, I, I obviously really enjoyed it overall. I think it had some clunkers. <laughs> there are some episodes that don't work very well. But, you know, so based on your ratings alone, I'm going to assume the answer to this question. But Mm -hmm. I think I'll we'll end with me asking you one final question. Sure. And that question is, 
is season two a better season than season one? I was going to ask you the same thing. That's funny. I have it in my notes. You know, I think overall it probably is better. Uh, it's hard to say because like season one has a lot of the like just laying the groundwork. But I think because in season two, they are kind of solidifying the mythology more and creating like a narrative about what actually happened to Mulder's sister and what the conspiracy actually is. It's not just like people in trench coats and shadows trading secrets. Like there's actually stuff going on. I think it does work better. Obviously season one had some bad episodes too, like Born Again, Gender Bender. Yeah, I think overall season two is better. And I think season three gets better, but again, I don't know for sure. So. Okay. Again, I'll be waiting for that text. <laughs> so now I'm scared. Now I'm like worried. I don't know what's gonna happen. Oh. Yeah. So using I used your numbers, and we we didn't actually compare season one and season two numbers. So your adjusted ratings for season one was a five and a half, mm-hmm. and your adjusted rating for season two is a six point two. So obviously, mm-hmm. yeah, higher. I tended to like more. Of and and your non-adjusted were pretty similar. Well, actually, your adjusted and non-adjusted were the same for season one <laughs> because you had you moved some up and then you moved some down, so they were both it five and a half. Ended up being the same, yeah. Yeah, but for season <laughs> two, it was six. 0.08 and then 6.2 so five and a half so even your unadjusted were higher mine season two actually did not fare as well yeah my non-adjusted numbers i got a 4.88 for season one and then for season two is a 4.76 and then my adjusted numbers is a 5.29 and then adjusted for season two is a five and i was actually before i went back and looked at that i was gonna say i don't know that i could really tell you which one is different but then i started to think about something and i went back and looked at these numbers and i i had more favorite episodes in season one than i have in season two okay i think that's maybe where i'm gonna go with because pilot is an awesome episode mm-hmm. eve is probably one of my favorite favorite episodes oh yeah fallen angel is a good one it has issues but it's a good one and maybe you know what maybe season one works for me the way X-Files as a whole works for you because season one is the one that I watched, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe there's a little bit of nostalgia that I'm bringing to that. Maybe. That I'm not bringing to season two because season two is actually like newer to me, whereas season one has nostalgia. So that could be it. I mean, the differences aren't huge, right? I'm like, I'm given like season one, like, you know, quarter of a point out of 10, but still, yeah. So I'm not sure. So I, I would say I'm not, I can't really tell, but then based on what I actually did, I would probably say that I think I preferred season one to season two. Okay. That said, season two does start to do the thing that I said, I wish season one did mm-hmm. of trying to make a cohesive myth arc, right? With the yes. aliens. That was my big complaint about season one was like, we have this kind of alien and we have this kind of alien and we have this kind of alien and we have this kind of alien. We still have a little bit of that in season two. The aliens are kind of like we have, you know, like are the aliens and we've talked about this in Fearful Symmetry. Are those aliens the same as the one we had right before that in Colony Endgame? Probably not. But yeah. Yeah, so. I know. It's it's like here's our standardized alien. And then also there's these other aliens kidnapping zoo animals and somehow making them invisible for no reason. Yeah. And almost you could almost even ask if the same aliens in Colony and Endgame are the same ones that we're getting, if they are aliens, in 
Anasazi. If yeah. those are alien bodies, like are they? Or we again, like those Anasazi bodies aren't exactly what we see, but they are close to the kind of aliens we see in Dwayne Barry. <gasps> and then also, because we get like the standard gray, right? Mm-hmm. But then also that mutated sort of mammalian i mean that looked more like an orangutan but that we get in pilot right we kind of get that link between like pilot and anasazi too where like there's some mm, yeah. like, human mutation action going on oh i hadn't thought so, about that that's true yeah i just thought of something i was gonna say with Dwayne barry and i totally forgot well um, you feel free so i Even though it should be in part one i know well you can <laughs> I don't know. i'm not gonna anyway, edit that crap no that's okay <laughs> I will just say it here. And it's just about the filming. So apparently they used for the aliens that are like, you know, behind the whatever, the plastic when, you know, Dwayne. Barry. Oh, they use little kids. Yeah, they use kids. But apparently the girls were really good at it because the girls would like get into character and like really try and be aliens. And the boys would just break their costumes fighting. Yeah, they would just because they're boys. Yeah, because they're boys. Exactly. Not that yeah. gender binary is true, but I did think that was kind of a cute it's, story. It's, um, it's close enough. And again, boys are awful. You know, I mean, I used to fight with my brothers all the time. I totally would have probably been one of the kids breaking my costume. I would have been trying to get into character and then it'd be like, <laughs> stop hitting me and would have, you know, anyway. So anyway, I thought that was cute. And I meant to mention that Dwayne Barry and I totally forgot. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't think about the connection between Anasazi and Pilot. I'm excited to watch the Blessing Way and Paperclip now because you keep hinting at something and I'm going to be like either really mad or really happy. And I don't know which. Yeah, I think it's going to be the former instead of the latter. Uh oh. <laughs> Be, I think you're gonna, I think you're gonna I don't know if you're gonna be mad, you're gonna be <laughs> not, not, not thrilled with the direction they you're gonna go. be not happy. Yeah. Oh dear. Okay, well um, I'm gonna be not happy with something. Yeah. Okay, well uh, I guess um tune in September 10th to find out why I'm unhappy. <laughs> Basically, tune in next week because next week is when we're gonna be doing season three, episode one. You will get your blooper episode in between, which honestly, not that many people listen to the blooper episode. I get it. It's like an hour and a half of me stumbling over words and occasionally saying the F-bomb. And and me yelling at my cats and telling them that their behavior is inappropriate and they need to stop. And that they're butts. Yeah, they're butts. um, I love them. They're little butts. There's not Actually, I don't think there's a lot of that in season two. So I actually don't. I actually haven't gone through and done the season two bloopers yet. I have all the files ready to go. Uh, mainly because I haven't finished editing episode 24 and episode 25 yet. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I did do episode 25 because I was afraid that was going to ruin my longest episode being right. colony. And so I had to go through and check that just to make sure. <laughs> and so once I got it down to where it was below that, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm fine. So I still got about like 75% of that episode to edit. But anyway, <laughs> it's still below the limit. So we're good to go. Nice. So yeah. So join us next week. It's the anniversary. Well, I don't know if it's the anniversary special. We will have cake, and it's going to be the year anniversary of our podcast and the twenty eighth anniversary of the premiere of the X Files. Yay! So, join us. I'm can't. I won't say there'll be a party, but you could get some cake too. And yeah, we can all have we can all have cake, and you can listen to us eat cake, and then you can eat cake, and then we'll talk about. The blessing way, and Tori will probably not be happy. So, damn it, I was so excited. (laughs) I mean, we'll see, but you know, hopefully, I'll still find things to love, like Mulder not being dead in a train car. 
Unless he is dead in a train car. I doubt it. Unless, you know, for seasons three through 11, he's actually a clone. So, I mean, it's possible. Yeah, we don't know. Anyway, tune in next week and find out. All right. I Want to Rewatch is hosted by Tori and Nick and recorded at Black Cat Studios. Episode production design and editing is by Lazy End Productions. Our music is Dark Science by David Hillowitz and The Truth is What We Make of It by The Agrarians. You can find us at IWantToRewatch.com or wherever podcasts are found. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And you can always share this podcast with a friend. If they like the X-Files, we'd love to have them join us. Speaking of which, be sure to join us next time as we rewatch X-Files Season 3, Episode 1, The Blessing Way. And try to figure out if If the the truth truth is is still out there. there. just bring us in. I'll let you bring us in. I'll let you bring us into part two. I started part one. So welcome back to our season two wrap up. No, I'm going to start differently. More energy, more energy. Ah! (laughs) I had a donut this morning. I should be all sugared up. I can't always be flavor flav. Come on. Oh man. You remember Flavor of Love? You probably don't. You probably I never watch watched it. I know I remember it, but I remember. I, yeah. <laughs> oh God, I watched it. And then I watched the one with the woman that was because the spinoff. Didn't, oh, didn't God. He, um, uh, Kelly LeBrock. Didn't he get together with Kelly LeBrock? I don't remember. I don't remember okay. how it ended, but I watched the whole stupid thing. Okay. Um, anyway. Anyway. Bring it. Bring it. Bring it.